The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today we have a very special guest, David Wagner, who is founder and owner of Jute Salon Spas, which are the original Aveda Concept Spas, and he's best-selling author of Life as a Daymaker, How to Change the World by Simply Making Someone's Day. He's also the initiator of the Daymaker Movement, and I'm sure David's going to tell us about that. David says that he's committed to transforming the world with beauty, and I can't wait to hear how you're doing that, David. Welcome to the show. It's great to be with you, Cheryl. Thanks. It's great to have you here. Now, where are you today? I'm in Minneapolis. Ah, so you're living there now, right? Yeah, we just moved back uh, last year, actually. We, we spent 10 years in Maui raising our young children, and now we're in the high school years, and uh Minnesota is our home, so we moved back for the high school years, and and then we'll see what other journeys uh, take us, Uh, but it's it's great to be back home. Oh, great. Well, you know, um, that is quite the change from Hawaii to um, Minnesota. We're going to have to talk about that a little bit later in the show, Um, you know, just how you handle that kind of a shift. But before that, Let's go way, way back. Let's talk about, um, you know, what got you interested in the beauty industry? Um, How did you get there? And was there something in your childhood that pushed you in that direction? You know, it's funny. Now I have 16 and 13-year-old daughters, and, you know, we keep talking about, you know, where they might want to go to college or what they want to do for a living, and they said, you know, we're – we're 13. We shouldn't. You know, we don't need to worry about that. And I said, "You're right." <laughs> but when I when I was growing up, uh, I grew up on a farm here in Minnesota, about as far away from the beauty industry as you could get. Mm-hmm. And my experience with getting haircuts was always going to my grandmother's farm and having her cut our hair. But when That's I was 14, great. when I was 14, we went to the city, and I I went into a salon with my aunt and her kids, and. And it was like Hollywood to me. It was, you know, rock and roll music playing and this great energy and, you know, fashionable people. And I decided when I was 14 that I was going to be a hairdresser. So I I went through high school taking art classes and accounting because I knew I wanted to have a salon someday. And when I graduated from high school, I went to the first, I I was in the first class at the Aveda Institute uh, with Horace Drekkelbacher, who started Aveda. And so from the time I was 18, I knew what I wanted to do and uh, uh, went to Europe and studied with some of the masters there, came back, started working with Horst again in the salons, in the Aveda salons here. 
And my first job, actually, with him was was valet parking. I, I got to valet park the clients' cars, and uh, a few <laughs> years really later, I was <laughs> yeah. And, and truly, I mean, I, I I say you know I did it really, really, really well. I parked cars so well that I got invited inside to be his assistant, and <laughs> and ended up um, becoming vice president of that company when I was 23, and and bought the company out when I was 28. That's quite the move as a young person. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I didn't realize how blessed I was to have found my calling at such an early age. So from right. the time I was 14, I knew my path, and uh, I discovered, you know, things along the way that enhanced it. But I, I knew what I wanted to do and and how I wanted to be. Well, let's talk a minute about Horace because he is, he himself is quite a different type of business person. What is it that you? learned from him that you've carried into your world and business? He, um, you know, he, he was a hairdresser from the time he was 14 as well. He started as an apprentice in Austria, came to the United States, built a business. And then he was, he was kind of marred down in the whole beauty business and the whole jet you know, the, the, the lifestyle of a jet setting right, right. famous hairdresser. And he ended up going to India in the mid-70s and uh, becoming a student of Swami Rama. And uh, that's how he turn, got turned on to Ayurvedic and uh, ended up starting Aveda. Uh, it was the year that I met him. So we were able to, uh, you know, create with each other in a really great way. He He's just really, really passionate. He has the ultimate integrity of, you know, business people that I've met, his, uh, his sense of integrity and doing it right. And I was the people person. I, I got people to rally around it, and um, you know, so we had a really great partnership uh, when we were together. And then uh, he wanted to pursue and build Aveda, and I, I took over the salons and the retail side. So it worked out really, really well for both of us. That is great. You know, it it is important who the leaders are that you listen to, and who influence you in shaping who you are, um, whether they're positive leaders or leaders that you look at and say, I never want to be like that person. These people shape who we are in business. And there's a lot of leaders listening to this today who have had positive experiences and and experiences they'd rather not have had, and all learning experiences. What are some experiences that you have had that taught you you didn't want to be that way? Well, it's interesting. I think where I've learned the most from other leaders isn't that I necessarily agree with them, but I, the, the leaders that I've learned the most from have the highest degree of integrity. And what I mean by that is that, you know, they believe and they act in the same way. They don't compromise their, you know, 100% spot on, you know, yeah. exactness. And I might be on the, you know, politically even, uh, I, I respect politicians that, uh, believe what they say and act as they as they believe. Right. It might be completely different than myself, but there's an authenticity there. Right. So I, I strive to be totally honest, transparent, and authentic in my leadership. And I've learned from people that I admire how they think and how they act. And I also learned from, you know, people that I've been associated with in how they act and how they believe, but although it's you know, on the other side of my belief system. So yeah. I, I, I think, you know, you can't shut down the 
you know, I, I, I try to study great leaders, and some of them are, you know, totally, totally uh, different, polar opposites of, of my beliefs, but right. I, I admire their, their authenticity and their, their integrity. So what do you do every day to check your own integrity? That's a great question. I, as a daymaker, um, I try, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the repetition of yeah. um, just acting it out versus being totally authentic and, and spontaneous, you know, relying on spontaneity versus a plan. So I, I try to give in to the moment and not, not really, you know, it's interesting with daymaking, when you decide to be a daymaker instead of do daymaking gestures, that's where the magic lives. So um, that's what I try to, I fill myself up with this energy that I want to go and give it away, but I don't, I don't have a plan necessarily in the morning how I'm going to do that. Yeah. But what happens is, you know, the universe presents these opportunities every day. And when I'm in the moment, then I feel like I'm, you know, giving into the creative force versus mm. it being just a repetitive, you know, checking off my list of whose day I need to make today. It's, I, try, I, mm. I, I, I live in randomness, and it's, it's really exciting. Well, that must be, yeah, that must be exciting. I mean, you know, because it's so unpredictable. You can be surprised every moment. That's where the magic lives. You know, it's, it's uh, I feel great when I check off things off a to-do list, but, you know, when you, when you experience another person and you have a genuine connection with another person that was totally unexpected and out of the blue, that's when you kind of go, huh? You know, it's, it's like, wow, this is this is living, you know, and, uh, you know, there's things that I do. I mean, there's people that I write notes to and things like that that are predictable. But the way that I go through my life is uh, whether it's letting people merge in traffic or, you know, opening a door for somebody. I don't think to myself when I get up in the morning, OK, I'm going to open three doors today. I just I wait. I wait for that moment. And when you when you decide to be a daymaker, the, the doing is just it's like second nature it is your nature right well, and that's and where the that's where i find uh, the most joy well and i have had the um pleasure of being around you in different situations and absolutely see that in you i have had that experience with you it is so easy to be around you and to have that sense of um genuine, authentic, relax. I mean, you're, you're very relaxed about how you engage with people and very focused. I know the feeling that I have and that others have also described is that when you're in front of David, um, you feel like you're the only person in the room. And you do that so well. You be that. <laughs> you are that. <laughs> right, right. Right? Not yeah. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's just delightful. And, and, and you can't, you know, you can't, uh, boy, anybody that knows energy or just knows their own heart knows when it's authentic or not. Yeah. And we've all, when we've all stood in front of people that you know they're looking past you. And that's, uh, you know, they can have a big smile on their face and their arm around you. But, you know, you can sense if they're there, wherever you are, be there is, is one of my favorite sayings. Absolutely. So you mean you're not um, looking at your iPhone or BlackBerry while you're trying to talk to somebody? <laughs> <laughs> really? No. <laughs> no, you know, there's, it's, 
there's a there's a great term that I uh, when I I lived on Maui I I got to spend some time with Ram Dass and and his one of my favorite sayings that he had was how wonderful it is to be with a person and experience heart to heart resuscitation. Heart to heart resuscitation. Yeah, can you imagine? I mean, so when you're with someone, and and this is what I feel when I'm with people and, you know, looking eye to eye, but more important, heart to heart, is there's this exchange where you're really uh, resuscitating or or giving each other that kind of open-hearted way of being with each other. And that's, that's so beautiful. Oh, that is just... That's powerful is what it is. Yeah, and and it happens really. I was in New York right after 9-11, and everybody was just so down. And I was walking down Fifth Avenue, and there was this older woman, you know, in her late 80s probably, that was just mad at the world. And people were staying away from her. She was walking down the sidewalk. And I just stopped. And I wasn't wasn't smiling at her. I, I just stopped, and I opened up my heart toward her. And she didn't see me, but she stopped about 15 feet away from me, and all of a sudden she looked up from the sidewalk and looked me in the eye, and we gave each other this heart-to-heart resuscitation. And all of a sudden her frown turned into a smile, and we walked past each other just smiling at each other. We didn't say a word, but we had this great, you know, 30 seconds that we made each other's day. It was it was right. absolutely amazing. That was 10 years ago, but I still get goosebumps when I think about it. Oh, that is a powerful story. So, you know... It, I've heard you say that beauty can transform people and society and businesses. And given hearing you speak, my sense is your definition of beauty is much more than appearance. Talk about that. Well, I think how it transforms people is, um, you know, there's a saying that beauty comes from within, right? And But mm-hmm. sometimes the pilot light's not on. And I think that you need to move people to beauty. And that can be the woman in New York that all of a sudden saw her life as fuller. The best, right. best experience that I can share is I, how I coined the term daymaker was I, I was traveling around the world and doing events for Aveda and, you know, doing models on stage and so on. And I was out on stage one day and I said, what if, what if we were here to make the client's day? What if the reason that we came to work every day was to make our client's day? So I flew back that night and I put Daymaker on my business card. And I, I started handing it out to my clients and it was really cute. You know, I'd say, oh yeah, I'm here to make your day and all that's cute. And then a client that came into me every five weeks for a haircut, she came in between appointments one time just to have her hair done for the night. So I said, oh, you must have a special event tonight or something. And she just, she said, no, I just wanted to look good and feel good. And I said, great. And I gave her more. I, I gave her a really great scalp massage and shampoo, and we had a blast for a half hour. Mm-hmm. And she gave me this really great hug when she left. And then two days later, she sent me my gift. And my gift was a note that said, thank you for being there without knowing that you were. The reason she came in to look good and wanted to feel good was because she was going to commit suicide that night. In our half hour, she changed her mind, and she she said, she said you know, I, I saw that life could be better. I went home, called my sister, went to the hospital. So all of a sudden, daymaking went from cute to profound for me, and something that I was really good at, which was cutting and styling people's hair, became something that I was really living for because I would have never chosen her as the one. She had everything going on, had a great job, seemed like she was, you know, doing well in life. And what occurred to me was 
God, what if I wasn't there, not physically, but emotionally? What if I wasn't perceptive enough to have given her more? And I started treating every one of my guests as if they were the one. And all of a sudden, my life got magical. My business got better. I started surrounding myself with daymakers. We have 400 daymakers now in my company. And literally on everybody's business card from CEO to managers to you know nail artists and hairdressers everybody's got daymaker on their business card so we think that we can transform the world with beauty not just what we do for a living mm-hmm. but the 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 heart-to-heart connections that we have, having somebody feel more self-confident, having that connection. I love when I go into our salons and people hug our staff, not on the way out of, of gratitude only, but they, they hug them on the way in because yeah. we're like an oasis of beauty. Yeah. And they, they can feel that, you know, we're there in a loving relationship with each other and with our guests. And it's it's uh, it's just fabulous. So beauty beauty is not just topical. It can be uh, you know, the the connection that you have, the relationship that you have with uh, with an individual and so on. There's acts of beauty and, and um, you know, whether it's the way that we look and present ourselves or how we act with each other, that's, it's all beauty. Well, and that is a leadership move that matters. So we're going to be right back with David Wagner in just a moment. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. Stock prices plunging, home prices receding, and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
1-800-227-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. We're speaking with David Wagner today, who's the author of Life as a Daymaker, How to Change the World by Simply Making Someone's Day. So, David, you mentioned uh, early in our last segment that, you know, your life growing up had an effect on you as an adult, as most of our lives do. But, you know, there's an effect that I've heard you say that was about nature, having grown up on a farm, that there was some connection to nature. Can you talk about that and how that really has influenced your life? Yeah, I think the beauty, you know, just in the land and getting your hands in it, um, the connection even with, you know, pets and animals and, you know, being in Minnesota, even experiencing the seasons and, you know, the planting and the harvest and the the risk of crops. And, you know, it's just a great metaphor for life. And um, to be able to live in that as a, as a young person and be in nature, um, we had, you know, rolling hills and got to ride horses. And, you know, it it was, it was just a, uh, a way of awakening the senses as a kid. And, uh, you know, I, 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 choose to live that way now uh, as an adult, too, where the property that we have, we've got, you know, gardens and the uh-huh. perennials that, you know, there's a there's a cycle to life and, and a beauty in how it's managed and arranged and how you work with the tide of uh, the weather and so on and so forth. There's a respect for nature that I think is gained as well. And um, you know we're we're involved in community supported agriculture here because we we love having the relationship with the farmers, and um, you know knowing the cycles and and assuming the risk with them as well. So we try to bring our kids into that without owning a farm, that they're still right. experiencing that. So we get to go out and tour the the apple orchards and the honeybees and the you know they know where their food comes from that's on our plate every night, and that's um, that's the connection that I think a lot of people miss today is that, you know, it doesn't come from Costco and it doesn't come from, you know, the grocery store. There's there's people toiling, you know, hours and hours that are putting love into it. Uh, and then there's farmers that don't. You know, there's commercial farming. And I think you can feel the difference, or I can, yes. uh, you know, as a kid, tasting, you know, something out of the field while you're in the field. <laughs> it was remarkable. It was remarkable. Yes. Yes. And to be able to have that same sense when you go to a farmer's market and actually pay the farmer hand-to-hand for their effort. Uh, there's just a beauty in that that I think is really remarkable. And, I, you know, so that plays into the beauty products that, you know, with the Veda and, you know, our, our natural tendency as well is I want to know where that comes from and, and be, you know, not in this synthetic petroleum-based uh, world, but, right. you know, woken up by the aroma and, you know, reminded of my childhood mm. through textures and aromas and, you know, the feeling of it. And that's that's really remarkable. Well, you lived that today. Were you? Did you carry that into your young adult life? I mean, have you always had that sense as an adult? I, I have. I think that the beauty, you know, there's there's symmetry in in nature. I think, you know, we've done hair collections based on how a tree bark is. We've done, you know, you, you always take your clues from. 
uh, from nature is perfect, you know, in, in its design. So going out into the forest and seeing things that you can apply to fashion or trend is really interesting. And the interpretation of that, whether it's, you know, we've got a team uh, that's doing Fashion Week in New York, Milan, Paris, and, and London this month, and where the influences are coming from, it's remarkable how much of it always relates back to nature and how it's described as that. And, and there's, there's these surprises. And, but there's, there's surprises because we all know them, and they're based in shapes and patterns and so on that, uh-huh. that come from nature. It's very interesting how that ties in. And when you're, when you, when you're not aligned to that, it feels like chaos. So there's design, I think, that, that totally plays into it. So as a young adult, I, 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 I noticed that affinity toward uh, design and uh, the order of things and try to bring that into my business. So there's, you know, cycles that, that we go through, and it's, uh, it's just fascinating to me. What I also learned, though, about my personal nature is that I'll, although I'm, I'm totally nurtured by going on a walk out in nature, I, lo- I, I love human nature. My passion is human nature. And to be able to be, you know, experiencing different cultures and, you know, see how people are, you know, it's like, there's a reason why it's important to eat local foods. It's not just to support the local farmers, but there's a vibration with the food in that area that you're in, right? And what I've noticed is when I go and visit other cultures, like when we'd go to Hawaii or go to you know, various places around the world, I learn from it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm totally enthralled by the vibration that that holds and then try to see how that relates back in my life in Minnesota. But I'm I'm, I, but I also know that to be in sync with nature, I have to be in sync with the vibration wherever I am too. So there's this play with energy that I that I find really um, really interesting. And I, well, can, and I, I read it. I read it in the people. I can feel it in the yeah. land. Like there's a mana to the to the to the land that you're on. Yeah. But how I read it is, uh, I pick up my nervous system. Totally goes right to uh, the heart of the people mm-hmm. and how how they're. Um, how they're living with that, right. with that energy. Right. So it's, it's really exciting. And that goes back to what you were saying about being present to every moment, you know, being where you are every moment. You wouldn't be able to do that if you were thinking of being somewhere else or if you were not absolutely aware of yourself in that moment. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in 2009, something profound occurred with you. Talk a bit about what went on in your life. Well, it was a really, really exciting year <laughs> because <laughs> I, I, w- I was turning 50 April 29th. Mm. So for about three or four months before that, I was thinking, yeah, at 50, this is, you know, this is going to be epic. This is going to be fun. And how was I going to live my 50th year? And, you know, really, you know, took took a look at my life and how I wanted to celebrate the people in it and so on. And right after the first of the year, it was February, I suppose, I started not feeling well. And by about March, I, I had like sciatica in my, in my leg. And I went to a trainer to try to stretch out uh, this nerve issue. I thought it was a, a pinched nerve in my sciatica. And he said, uh, I think you should go get an x-ray because it might be a bone spur or something. I, I want to know what I'm working with. So I was living in Maui and went and uh, had a, 
blood tests and and uh, X-ray done, and my X-ray came back and I had bone cancer, wow. and I was uh, just beside myself. Here I was, you know, about to turn 50 and was misdiagnosed in Maui and flew back to Minnesota and uh, spent time biopsies and another biopsy and they thought I had uh, I had lost 35 pounds by this time and <clears throat> I'm only about a 160 pound person so 35 pounds was quite significant. A lot, yeah. Yeah, I ended up in a with a walker, ended up in a wheelchair and um, then they they thought that I had multiple myeloma which is a blood cancer that goes into yeah. the bone and it has a three-year life expectancy and I thought, oh, thank God, I've got three years. I couldn't believe how relieved I was that wow. I had three years left to live because I was deteriorating so fast that I thought I would be gone in three weeks or three months. So here I had time. And then I went and had another biopsy to confirm it. And they said, nope, it's not multiple myeloma. Boy, this is really, <laughs> really difficult. Wow. And by chance, I was really blessed to get into the Mayo Clinic. Um, they... They took a few days and a few biopsies to diagnose me correctly and uh, found out that I had stage 4 lymphoma. And uh, so I went through that uh, treatment for about a year, and now I've been uh, cancer-free for about two and a half years. Um, congratulations on that. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't consider myself in remission. I, I, I consider myself cancer-free, and I, yes. I, I continue to... You know, put that out instead of oh, remission means uh, it's not back yet or it's not active. But I I choose to live cancer free. Well, you know, um, what we see very often with people who experience cancer is that they suddenly change their life. They suddenly realize I have to eat better, I need to eat a cleaner diet, I need to avoid pesticides, um, I need to take care of myself. There's a whole shift that goes on. But it sounds like you, know, you were already doing those things. Well, and that's what's hard to digest. I, <clears throat> there's no, um, you know, what people, what people gravitate toward after cancer, I'm, I've been living for 20 years. So it, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot to me for me to change in how I lived and what I ate yeah. and how I exercised and so on. Right. Um, but the mind shift for me was really interesting in that um, uh, I think I think my cancer was actually caused by an abscess tooth that I left go too long. Because really? it, Yeah, and it's really interesting. I, I, I had this root canal, you know, years ago, and it wasn't painful because it, it was, the nerve was gone, but yeah. it kept showing up as just a mild, mild infection. And my dentist would keep saying, yeah, we should, we should, you know, do something about that. It's going to be bad for your heart someday or whatever, <clears throat> because it's a low grade, long-term infection. And when I started researching multiple myeloma and especially lymphoma, it can be caused by a long-term low-grade infection. So as soon as I was done with my chemo, uh, and my white blood cell was up. I, I, I had four teeth extracted that were had just minor irritation and minor infection. And God, it was like I got chemo for the first time. As soon as I had the extraction, my body went ah. <laughs> so it, really? it's, it's, it's really amazing. And I'm I'm uh, I'm sure that that's what caused uh, 
caused my cancer. It was it was just something that I, you know, should have paid more close attention to, and so on. So, you know, you never know. You listen to your body. I knew that something was up, but I just didn't act on it early enough. Right. Right. Um, so. Well, you know, that that is pretty interesting because there is the uh, school of thought that we all have cancer cells that live in us, and it's simply something that triggers their growth, you know, when people ha- then have the experience of what we call you have cancer. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, so that would and, make and sense. And I've learned, you know, I, I, I ate a, a really healthy diet before I got cancer. Now mm-hmm. I still eat a really healthy diet, but it's interesting just small things that you can do to not feed the cancer and actually things that you can do to minimize uh, those cancer cells waking up. And it's, it has a lot to do with alkalinity. It has a lot to do with you know, just processed foods and sugars and things like that. Uh, pretty simple. The, the best book that I've, that I've read uh, was Anti-Cancer, A New Way of Life. And it's, uh, it's, it's just a fabulous way to prevent cancer from waking up, basically. Well, this must have had quite the effect on the staff and employees around the world of um, Jute Salon Spas. You had inspired them all to be day makers and were really living that life. Um, what kind of response did you get from them? <laughs> it was it was amazing. I, I you know I talk about day makers are really interesting because a lot of people give what I call palm up. Yeah. They'll they'll do it if they get the tip or they do it if they get the recognition. They do it if they get the promotion. But there's always a condition attached that they can take back. Mm-hmm. And daymakers give palm down. You give mm-hmm. it anonymously, you give it without expectation. And I think because I had done that for so many years with both friends and colleagues and people at Jude, I'd done palm down, all of a sudden it started showing back up again, uh, not as an expectation, but as just it started coming back. And uh, it it was quite amazing that the support that myself and my family had, and um, I ended up, you know, wanting to, I was very transparent. I put out photos of the treatments I was having. I have, um, I, I had a photographer follow me around and, you know, journaled and shared that with people because I, I felt like I wanted to educate people about the process. So they were, you know, they were going through it with me and um, learned a lot from it as well. And I was able to, you know, show how a daymaker goes through, you know, a challenging thing. I, <clears throat> where I went was, First, I was in a stage of bewilderment. I was really confused by the whole thing. Why me? Why did I get this? And then I ended up in a state of anger. I just, you know, for people to see the daymaker get angry and totally pissed off that I got it. You know, why me? Not why not the, you know, the jerk down the street that hasn't made people's day. And then I ended up in a place of grace or awe in the whole process. I knew that uh, there's a, a friend of mine. She sent me a letter and said, I know this isn't your time. This is just giving you credibility for what's next. And I thought, wow. And that I was at the depths of my pain and despair. And I thought, okay, I've got to learn from this so that I can share what this looks like. And, and I started this learning process of, of, you know, what that looks like. And, um, and I, I, you know, I'm now speaking to people that, 
have either experienced cancer in their own lives or in you know their loved ones' lives, and trying to share what what that process is like, and and it's been really uh, great for me. And there is a credibility that I gain by going through this, uh, going through the fire, so to speak. Absolutely. So, what do you say not only to those folks who have cancer, but to people every day? You know, who people who work in your salon spas, people who um, touch your life, the farmers out in the fields. I mean, what? How does this translate in your everyday language to them? I think you know where I live and where I felt. Um, you know, there was a place when I had uh, when I didn't know the outcome of my cancer that I was surprised by how content I was with with leaving, mm. and that I had led a great life, that I had given what I needed to give. And that how how fortunate I was to have discovered daymaking at an early age that it was part of my life for 25 years. And what I also found was that I had no regrets because I felt like I had been living my calling for so long. Mm. So when I meet people, I you know, there's people that have jobs. There are people that have talent but no passion. And then there's people that have hobbies, and that's passion without talent. (laughs) But where the magic is for me and where I encourage people to get is when your talent and your passion exist in what you do and how you are in the world, that's your calling. So to pursue your calling is is remarkable. And that's, I think, what's remarkable about being a daymaker is it doesn't matter what you do. You can be a nurse. You can be a hairdresser. You can be an author. You can be a policeman. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It, de- it depends on how you are mm-hmm. while you're doing it. Right. And you know, to be passionate about that, and uh, you know, the 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 ripple that you can affect just by being happy in your livelihood, happy in your life. That to me is is remarkable. I used to have uh, a client of mine years ago asked if I had two words I could put on my tombstone. What would they be? And I was really it took me weeks and months, and finally I said, well, what are, what are your two words? And she said, I lived. And I said, wow, those are great. Could I borrow them? So from the time I was 24, I lived was my mantra. I, every time I had an opportunity to travel, every time I had a, you know an opportunity to experience life, I, I did it. And then about three years ago, right before I got cancer, actually, I called her and I said, I'd love to have coffee with you. And she said, why do we have to have coffee? And I said, I want to trade in a vowel. I want to trade my I for an O. So I started living. My mantra moved from I lived to I loved. It wasn't about the size car I had or the trips that I took. or It was how I woke up with my wife in the morning, how I was with my kids, how I, how I am when I walk into my company. You know, do I have, am I loved and do I give love? And uh, so today it's really easy. I have a mantra that I spend literally two minutes filling myself up before I start my day. And it's today I promise myself to live in joy. Today I promise myself to share love. And today I promise myself to be a daymaker. And then I go out and I be that. That's beautiful. Yeah. We have more to talk about with David Wagner when we come right back.
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're with David Wagner. So, David, talk more about Daymaker. Well, I think what's what's really, really important about it is, the, like I said, about choosing to be a Daymaker. And what I find that most people, you know, when they read the book or when they see the word Daymaker, they say, oh, that's me, but I didn't know what to call it, or that's my husband, or that's my friend, but I didn't know what to call it. So to... To really be a daymaker, it's what's great about it is it it doesn't require a six week class. You don't have to become a certified daymaker. You don't you know you don't get a degree in daymaking. And the greatest example that I can share is when I first published my book, I, I self published it and had two thousand copies made and basically gave it to four hundred employees in our company right before the holiday. And one of my employees called me shortly after the Christmas season and she said. I want to have coffee with you. So I went and had coffee and she said, you know, I have an 84 year old grandfather that's been married to my grandmother for 51 years and he's a curmudgeon. No one ever remembers him being kind or paying a a compliment to her. So I gave him your book for Christmas and he said, what is this? And she said, it's life is a daymaker. My boss wrote it and he set it down. And between Christmas and New Year's, he must have read the book because on New Year's Eve, he made his wife of 51 years her first candle at dinner and wrote a poem using her name, which if you go, uh, if you read my book, you'll understand why, and gave her this poem. And my employee now is crying. I'm crying. And she said something really important. She said, you know what, David, he could pass tomorrow now and we'd be okay. And I said, wow, he decided 51 years married, 84 years old, he's going to be remembered as the daymaker. And he passed about 10 years ago. And his poem, the poem that he wrote to his wife, keeps getting copied off and given to more grandkids. He's going to be remembered as a daymaker. And that's the that's the important thing, I think, about daymaking is that it truly is just deciding to fill yourself up in the morning, make your own day first, can't give away what you don't have, 
and then simply just going out and waiting for the universe to present itself in that opportunity. So I, it, that's the, the simplest thing that I can tell people is be a day maker and the doing will come natural. I love that. So let's go back for a minute. I'm curious about, um, you know, you are so much about living in the moment and being um, present and being grateful for where you are right now. And then you have the juxtaposition of helping your daughters decide, where do you want to go to college? What's important to you for later? Um, you know, how how is that how does that play out? That's a great, great question because I, I find myself, uh, I live in the moment, but I plan for the future. Mm-hmm. It's not getting... But talk about not, that because I think some people well, are... Well, I, I think it's important to, I mean, my life, I, 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 have, uh, I have a lot of goals written down, aspirations, things that I need to plan on. You know, we run a fairly large enterprise here with 400 employees and I right. I need to be they need stability and security and you know all of those things. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't get stuck in rigidity and repetitive, you know, just a fix, you know, where I'm living in a fixative state. Everything I like in a three-ring binder because if it's not working, I like tearing it right. out and reinventing it. So right. I think that you know, living in the moment um, is within, you know, I I can visualize what 10 years from now is going to look like. I love living 20 years from now. And I gravitate, my, my conscience kind of gravitates toward that thing, but I let it go. You know, there's things that I wrote down 10 years ago that I, you know, dreamed about being, doing, and having. And some have come true because I gravitated that way, and some aren't important to me anymore. So I think it's it's uh, it's living in the moment, and being in the moment means that, you know, it's really living in the moment. I can plan for the future, but I, I don't live in the moment as if that's going to happen. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I allow myself the flexibility to change. And and I also find I mean I get totally bored if it's too predictable. Right. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I mean there's a there's a there's a security and a stability in knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen. But at the same time, uh, I love uh, I love spontaneity and shifting and and being you know being flexible and having yeah. that intuition that I need to move this way or that way. That's the artist in you. Yeah, it's it's funny because I'm a, I'm also a Taurus, which is real grounded, and uh, so there's I, I do play off both uh, both energies. So, how are you helping your daughters look at the future? I I like for them to think about what their interests are and pursue those interests. Um, again, you know, all I all I can say is that I I, I would aspire to have happy children even in their 30s and 50s and 70s and that they that they don't settle on a job that they pursue their passion and that they can you know feel like they're living their calling that they've discovered their purpose in life part of the reason that we moved to Maui was to be part of the the Waldorf community there which is uh really an interesting educational system which yeah. really um allows you know your incarnation to come to some realization in, in this lifetime. And, uh, you know, I know that I can't dictate what's going to be my children's calling, although I can help guide them toward the, the talent and the experiences that they're going to need to pursue their, their, their uh, interests. 
So I, 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 there's a great Chinese proverb, which is, a river without banks is a puddle. So I try to steer their energy. I don't try to dictate it, yeah. but I try to provide the banks, you know, toward an outcome that uh, is going to make them fulfilled and happy mm-hmm. and world citizens. That's beautiful. And so, I have to. I, I mean, the, the greatest thing that I can do for my children is to pursue it myself. They might have different interests, but if they see me pursuing my calling and living in that, they'll yes. aspire. They'll aspire to have that same fulfillment in their life. Yes. Yes. And we all we all know it. We can see it with musicians or sports stars or, you know, the the barista at Starbucks. You can tell if that's where the you know, their station in life is and what's appealing is their place in it. And uh you know how sad it is to see people that that are celebrated but bored. Absolutely. And we all know we've seen people who are parents who say to their kids, um, don't do things the way I did. Do it or that I'm doing. Or that I'm doing, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> if I could start over, I'd do this, but I've got three years till retirement. So, you know, yeah. the, the most impressive people that we have coming into our company uh, gave up lucrative careers in something they were bored at that were mm. a job, and they went to massage school or they went to be an esthetician mm. or they always wanted to be a hairdresser, but their parents told them they needed a degree. And, you know, and they, you know, in their 30s and 40s and 50s are choosing to come into the beauty industry, which was something that they were called to when they were 18, but afraid to do, or that society didn't uh, support that. So it's, it's, uh, it's great to be able to be in a business that we can live, you know, in an artful way and still make a human connection and feel like we're transforming the world with beauty acts of beauty, as well as, uh, you know, really great haircuts and colors and makeup. You know, I have had the pleasure of meeting your beautiful wife, Charlie, and just quickly, she has started creating her own clothing line, and there's something special about the, these clothes. Why don't you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, she's she's totally connected to nature as well, and, and probably more so than myself. She, she loves her hands in the dirt and so on, so she... She dyes her own fabrics and she paints with uh, twigs and leaves and so on and so forth. So she's um, uh, creating uh, fabrics that are, you know, naturally dyed, painted with uh, with elements of nature and so on. And it's, it's really exciting to see her living uh, living into that uh-huh. and people, um, you know, recognizing that there's an authenticity to that clothing as well. And it kind of goes yeah. to what I was saying about designers. It's, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell that it's a burdock root leaf that she painted this dress right. with, but <laughs> right. it's got this beautiful, you know, pattern that has this natural order to it. Yeah. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't pick it up as being a leaf. It's, exactly. uh, it's quite remarkable. So, and there's a, you know, people are resonating with the, the colors and the and the the patterns and and the shapes that she's yeah. designing as well. It's exciting. Well, it's, it's fun to watch her uh, play. Well, it is exciting, and um, I have seen those clothes. I have I have seen her wearing those clothes, and um, seen her showing some of those clothes. And you're right. You cannot. You would not distinguish them as something that different. And they're beautiful. I mean, people are attracted to them right away. You know, people say, "Oh, that's where did you get that?" You know, oh, I made that. And she's and she's quite um, humble about that. You know, but yeah. it's very well. It's also to fun that. to watch her. She's uh, she's a master distiller as well. She distills 
plants and flowers and mm. um, to be able to take this plant life source and divide it into hydrosol waters and oils and you know she she lives with these plants through the transmission and through the transformation into oil and water and when, then when you smell it and you touch you know and you you wear it it's this wonderful uh reminder of her tie to it it's 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 remarkable it's uh the aromas and the the mm. spirit of the flowers come through yeah. because they're gently brought through this process um, of distillation that is um it's wonderful Fun stuff. Our kids, our kids are uh, have quite a diverse uh, life as far as what's around them and created, and uh, be interesting to see where they where they gravitate toward. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're designers I'm... as well. I mean, they they love uh, they sketch and design. We went to Taiwan. Uh, my book was published in Chinese a few years ago, and oh. uh, we went there, and they got with a uh, a sewer a seamstress and. And uh, brought their designs and made patterns and and started their own little line of uh, product or you know things that they were doing. Which, you know, for being 13 and 16, they what a great experience for them to see that's where they want to play. They love texture and you know the, the natural fabrics and just the design and how it. Sure. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. It's fun. So David, you are clearly demonstrating that you are committed and living transforming the world with beauty. We so appreciate having you here today. How can people learn more about you and acquire your book, and where, where can they go? The easiest is uh, daymakermovement.com. Uh, we put out newsletters. We blog. Uh, there's people that share their stories. There's uh, thousands and thousands of people all over the world that are part of it uh, and sharing you know, ideas on how to be a daymaker and so on. There's 50 ways you can be a daymaker that you can download for free. And you can purchase the book through there as well. And then Daymaker Movement on Facebook as well. There's uh, that that gets updated more regularly. Uh, but there's on the DaymakerMovement.com is the the blog and the newsletter and uh, book purchasing on there as well. Wonderful. Well, it's fun it's to be part a... of a tribe of of daymakers. Uh -huh. And you know, life as a daymaker is just that. The the, the book was. I didn't want to write a theoretical book. Um, yeah. I used to have two theories on raising kids. Now I have two kids. I don't have theories anymore. So it's it's my <laughs> it's my life as a daymaker. There's stories in there that resonate with people, but they're authentic and they're real. And uh, I, I think that there's lessons in that. So you'll find more of it on the on the website daymakermovement.com. Well, I love that practical and inspiring. David, thank you for being here. We so we, we're so privileged to have you. It's been you a privilege, us. and thank you for spreading the ripple of everything that's right in the world. It's it's uh, oh. quite a privilege. Thank you. Well, remember everyone to think big because the world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.